It's like wrap your head around this. I can't think of anybody else's career who has these like bright spots that hit in the beginning. And I'm not dismissing the in-between career, but then this resurgence, right? So he starts off in 81 with taps. He's J.C. Pierce. Burned alive. Which we love. Burned alive. Important to remember, burned alive, right? Yeah. He goes from that to being an extra cellmate in training places. Yeah. Yeah. Code of blood blood technique. He goes from that to being electrocuted. I mean, his deaths are incredible. In maximum overdrive. Video game. On the video game. It was a pinball machine, right? I mean, it was an arcade game. It was an arcade game, whatever. He goes from that to being bugging out uh, and do the right thing. Yep. Then again, I'm not. I'm. I'm simplifying this. FBI but, agent and usual suspects. Yeah, largely, yeah. largely disappears for the most part. And then Max, are you ready for this death row? Yep. Gus Fring, Breaking Bad, Moff Gideon, The Mandalorian, Stan Edgar, The Boys. Yeah. I mean, that's that's uh, that's a comeback with a vengeance. Welcome to Buzz in the Tower, a podcast dedicated to the movies of the 1980s. Prepare to be stuffed in our DeLorean and taken on a trip through the best decade of film ever. Hey, Mo, we better back up. We don't have enough road to get up to 88. Roads? Where we're going, we don't need roads. So if you love Caddyshack, The Goonies, Aliens, Weird Science, Spies Like Us, The Great Outdoors, Empire Strikes Back, The Great Muppet Caper, Pretty in Pink, Predator, Rocky IV, Roadhouse, Say Anything, Real Genius, Short Circuit, Some Kind of Wonderful, Beverly Hills Cop, Akira, Tango and Cash, The Breakfast Club, and They Live, just to name a few, then sit back, relax, and get ready to be entertained. Because we came here to chew bubblegum and podcast about 80s movies, and we're all out of bubblegum. If you haven't already, subscribe to Buzz in the Tower on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever your favorite podcast platform is. And while you're there, leave a review and a five-star rating. It's a moral imperative! You can also find us on TikTok, Instagram, and all social media platforms by searching the tag at Buzz in the Tower. That's B-U-Z-Z-N, The Tower. Also, check out our website, buzzinthetower.com, and grab some officially licensed gear. It's so choice. If you have the means, I highly recommend picking some up. Now, if you want to get nuts, let's get nuts. Head on over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash buzzinthetower. With memberships as low as $3 a month, you can have access to tons of extra content. And a portion of all proceeds go directly to Save Ferris. Dakashane, darling, Dakashane. Buzz in the Towers brought to you by Sonic Loans. You can find them at sonicloans.com. Max, I'll need you to carry me through this entire episode. I Someone's hung over. Rough shape today, buddy. Yeah. Rough shape. If you're looking for a little extra cash to send your kid to a violent and dangerous military school, <laughs> Sonic, there, Loans, yeah. Sonic Loans. Uh, it, the loan process is dangerous. David Sean? David Yes, yeah, David Sean David. David Drew. It's Drew. beautiful, man. You didn't wait very long to get that out, did Sorry. You? You're not sorry. (laughs) Sonic Loans is the best place to go for the right mortgage, for the right rate, for the right program. Reach out to Charlie and his team today. They're a family business. They're going to take care of you. Their focus is you first, everybody else second. That's the type of selfless people they are. They will shoot other people for you. Exactly. That's not what they'll do. Uh, Sonic Loans, (laughs) talk to them today. Tell them the buzz in the tower sent you. Get into the right loan. Get into the right mortgage and uh, start enjoying the loan process right away. NMLS number 1955855. Not available in all states. Not a commitment to lend. Additional requirements apply. Visit sonicloans.com or call 313-488-4888 for more information. Buzz in the Tower is also brought to you by Bolton Legal Group. You can find them at boltonlegalgroup.com for a free consultation. Call 248-595-0001. I think the first advice he would give you is... If you're a local townie, don't pick fights with all the military school kids. Why would you? Because there's always a Tom Cruise hiding in the ranks. Just or, someone... or there's a bullet and a gun. Yeah. <laughs> Taps is the movie we're talking about. Bolton Legal Group, they're there to get you out of legal trouble. And let me tell you, this movie is ripe for legal representation. They've got a lot going on. Those kids are going to have quite the juvenile record, but if they reach out to Ian and his team, they will expunge all of those things. <laughs> so whether the governor or whoever or... Dick Jones is, yeah. is coming down to take Go ahead care of you. Give him the ass. Yeah, you're going to be good either way. Max, I'm all over the map. Bird Law, aggressive and defensive. They're going to be out there to get you out of trouble. Reach out today. Tell them the Buzz in the Tower sent you and allow Bolton Legal Group to give you the fair and equal representation that you so much deserve.
Today's episode, TAPS. Every now and again, Max comes into the studio with less than four hours of sleep under his eyes and says, Mo, I need you to carry me this episode. And in the almost three years that we've been on the air, this is the first time I'll say the same. I have no intro. I am violently <laughs> hungover. We're talking about a movie I love. So today on Buzz in the Tower, join Max and I as we deep dive into one of the best films from the 80s, early 80s, Taps, where you get to see Tom Cruise as crazy as Tom Cruise is going to get. I'm Mo Shapiro, and joining me as always, the reason that I drink, Max Sanders. <laughs> and with that... Living in America. That's how it goes. That'd be a very awkward ending to that movie. Max. You know what they should have done? They should have done the uh, Predator music with them, all of them flashing. Bum, 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 bum. Yeah. <laughs> bum, 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 bum. With them smiling. Which is the same damn music as Back to the Future. You can't sing the Predator music without feeling Back to the Future. I can. But Do it. No, you can't sing. Please don't yeah. sing. I'm holding on by Can we see the Back to the Future mu- music? Yeah. Can we see the Back to Easy, easy. I can need we, you to hold it together. Can we see the Back to the Future musical? It just came out. I might. I, yeah. might, I might be open to that. Cool. It'll come to Detroit. Because we're going back to the future. <laughs> back to the future. Yeah. Oh, Doc, it's heavy. <laughs> we should make our own musical. <laughs> Buzz in the Tower, the musical. Max, I hate you so much. It would just be like 80s references. It would be a lot. A lot. By the way, I Barbenheimered this weekend. Oh, Jesus. What do you think? Oppenheimer is my favorite movie of all time. You're the, you have the worst, the worst Hot case. Of, no, recency bias. Yeah. You're like the most recency biased yeah. person ever. I'm going to go see it. Ever. Ag- yeah. Ever. I'm going to go see it again uh, yeah, tomorrow. You yeah. You and uh, Barbie was a top 25 movie for me. Jesus Christ, Max. It's All the right. funniest movie of the last 10 years. Moving it along, I'm Max. telling you. Move it along. What are you? One of those male chauvinists. You know me. I hate when female empowerment comes on the table. Are your kids going to want to see Barbie? Yeah, of course. I think they're actually all going to see it today while we record. No. I want nothing to do with it. <laughs> what? You give, me a, you give me a good G.I. Joe movie and I'm there. Not the garbage. Actually, it wasn't that bad. Yeah. Kurt, the, was Kurt Russell? No, it wasn't Kurt Russell. Shannon Tatum. No, but who was the, who played the, the older dude? Come on, Inner Space. Uh, Quaid. Uh, Martin Quaid. Short. Martin Short. Yes. <laughs> well, I just saw Breaking Away for the first time. Do you know what I just saw for the first time? What? Your eyes. What's that? Your eyes. Oh, my actual yeah, eyes? I got good eyes. You've got uh, Pete Davidson eyes. You have short, stubbly. Uh... Short, stubby Susie's. I got them all over the place. <laughs> but I'm a short, stubby Susie. I got a feeling that like we're losing listeners day by day because I'm getting looser and looser. Everyone likes that. I, you like that. I don't know. If Our fans are more dedicated. We do have great fans. We do. I'm kind of at the point on the show where I feel like I'm no longer trying to attract new fans. I'm just leaning into the. Well, that's we like got. the cool kid. So it's like you're not supposed to be like, "Hey, we want to be friends, Billy." You just walk. This is the best show ever. You can hop on in the shower and you be got, our bestest friends. You got your jean jacket on, your aviators. So true. And they're like, "Man, I want to party with that." Let's guy. just talk. Why even have a yeah. topic? Let's just chat. Cool. No, no, that's not what we're doing. Top thirty. Stop it! Stop it now. Dustin Hoffman mustaches. Max, welcome to the show. Uh, as always, I will remind our first-time listeners, don't leave because of my incessant rant that I just gave. Uh, follow us. Subscribe. Can you take over? Can you do this part? Sure. I'm just, my head's pounding. Sure. Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, <laughs> buzzinthetower.com. Buy some gear. Patreon. For just $3 a month, you can support Mo's drinking habit, which is increasingly expensive. What was it? Fireball and vodka and so for news? So for people out there that don't know, and Max, you can back this up. Yeah. In a year, in a year, I probably have too much to drink three times. Yeah, that's about I, right. I, I'm a wedding drinker. Like, I don't even casually drink at home or uh, I'm a special event drinker. During COVID, you were. During COVID, I went through a short period no, of time. No, we were Zooming and he, he would scotch. be like, scotch. He was like, scotch, I'm a, scotch, he's scotch. like, he's like, I'm a scotch guy now. Yeah. And I'd see him polish off like two or three. I'm like, yeah. I don't think that's how no, scotch no, works. It was a mistake. <laughs> Honestly, it's the reason that you and I got into the podcast. Yeah. I was in like a constant like, yeah, scotch super. I was like, idea. I'm going to get along great with Max. He's easy to work with. Uh, yesterday, I uh, I sit on a nonprofit called the Troy Firefighters Community Fund, and we every year put on a very large golf outing. Buzz in the Tower is a whole sponsor. I'll yeah. get you some pictures to post on that. That was very nice. And I don't know what happened. I don't know what came over me because this is the third year in a row that we've done this, and I don't get like this usually. All of a sudden, I'm like, 
four high noons deep and something called a long drink. Sounds made up, but whatever. It's not. It's incredible. If you haven't tried them yet, long L-O-N-G drink. We should reach out to them and see if they want to sponsor the show. Okay. Because I will sponsor them. They're great. Uh, And then I had a shot of vodka, a shot of fireball, which is gross. I can still taste it in my mouth. And and, and a shot of tequila. So that is eight drinks. Eight drinks. It's a lot. I am usually even at weddings. I am like a three... Three and D guy. Yeah, I'm three and done. Yeah, and I was wrecked, and I had to, I had to be driven home from the event. My wife embarrassed. She, she was not embarrassed, but I think like a little bit. Like, did you, your kids see you? No. Like, yeah. Well, what does daddy smell like? So grandpa? my so my oldest my oldest daughter. I was out cold on the couch. No, on a reclining chair. Yeah. My oldest daughter goes, Dad, Dad, wake up! <laughs> and I'm like, What? She goes, Mom said you had too much to drink, and it, literally my mouth opened, and out came. Shut the f- up. <laughs> and oh, my, my other two kids were like, <gasps> and I was like, get out of here. And she's like, I can't believe you drank so much. I was like, you're an idiot. Get out of here. And then all of a sudden it dawned upon me. Like, I understand how kids can grow up with bad parents. They have parents that drink. Yeah. Because I have the patience to deal with my kids and not be nasty all the time. Not yesterday. <laughs> yesterday, Trish was like, kids, get away from your father. And I was like, yeah, I hate you. You're the biggest mistake. Well, I used to be someone. <laughs> it was terrible. You know something crazy? You know Dak Shepard and Kirsten Bell? Yeah. They have an 8- and 10-year-old who drink non-alcoholic beer consistently. That's super, super weird. And I don't care if that sounds judgy. That's super weird. And they do it at, like, restaurants and stuff. It must freak people out. They're like, let me get a Heineken Zero. Yeah, and everyone's like, what so is weird? And he's a recovering alcoholic. Well, you know, let me rephrase on saying that's weird. Is it possible that because he's a recovering alcoholic that he just chose to have so much non-alcoholic stuff in his house that the kids grow up seeing a parent drink something? There's nothing negative in them drinking it. It's an 80-20 thing. Like 80%, it sounds weird and probably not great. 20%, maybe it works for them. Uh, yeah, I guess really at the end of the day, that's all that matters. Yeah. Does it work for them? No, it's how we judge them. I, ju- I, ju- I judge everyone. I'm mm. so judgmental. Except me. You keep me nice and judge free. Oh, man. Want to play Dungeons and well, Dragons? Yeah, I mean, the problem is, is that if I judge you, you fall apart. Yeah. <laughs> so we've learned that I can't judge you. I can make tears whenever I want. Yeah, it's incredible. Mm. Mo, Mo, you're really rough on me today. I'm like... Uh, I had my I had my town hall meeting with my fiance and my dad and my family, and they all think you got to ease up on me. I'm like the kid who ran to the, the fence. Yes. <laughs> Gosh. Wait, did he get shot? No. Uh, Charlie got shot. Maybe. Who knows? No, he didn't What get are we talking about? Taps. Oh, yeah. So... What's your what's your love for this movie? First, explain it a little oh, bit. I love everything about this movie. No, no, because it's it's a little sad. It's Let me a, tell people it, what the movie's about. Okay, broken uh, broken uh, men, uh, fallen father figures. Like what's going no, on? No, I don't think it was the. I don't think that was it. Uh, hold on. Do you come out feeling cheery? So Taps is about a uh, military school called Bunker Hill Military Academy. Always great when you have like a military school or boarding school. Exactly, Always in right. So yeah. uh, right, uh, toy soldiers. Yeah, toy soldiers, school ties. Uh, weekend at Bernie's. So an announcement that the venerable Bunker Hill Military Academy, a 141-year-old institute, is to be torn down and replaced with condos sets off the young cadets led by their stodgy commander. Under the command of a student cadet major, the cadets seize the campus, refuse entry of the construction crews, and ultimately confront the real military. You think Al Cervix uh, put up the condos? Huh, huh. I, it's 81. I get no respect. The year after, he's a mogul. So there's a couple reasons that I love this movie. Yep. I think the biggest reason I love this movie is I really have a passion for films that take their time. The, the development of this story, if you knew nothing about this movie and you are just watching the movie... I love the hard right turn. I love that you're halfway through the movie before the the the, the poop hits the fan. The takeover. You don't because you don't even see it coming. You're like, okay, they're gonna they're gonna you know bind together. Someone gonna cheat and, on a test. Yeah, yeah. something. Yeah. And you don't you don't think like okay, Tom Cruise is gonna just rattle off a bunch of bullets in yeah, the middle. Yeah, Gus Fring's gonna be exploded on fire. It's amazing. How many <laughs> times? How many times does he have to burn before we learn a lesson? Yeah, I know. Unbelievable. Maybe he likes it. I, um. So that's the first reason that I really love this movie. The second reason is. There is a a genre of film that deals with coming of age, and you have the Goonies Stand By Me version. The feel good. And then you have the Lord of the Flies Taps version. The beach. And and Lord of the Flies, have you seen, have you read the book and or seen either yeah, yeah. of the movies? Because there's two. There's an original one that was like in black and white, and then they did a remake of it. I think the remake of it might have, uh, what's his face, uh, the Butterball Kid. Jerry O'Connell? Yeah. Mm. I'm not positive, What though. a turkey. Uh, but it, it, the... I, this is on a short, you know, I'm not a big reader. Yep. By the way, can I just be so happy that you use Butterball now for Jerry O'Connell? That was like my term. Was that? And now, now it's like just attached on your brain. It's all yours, buddy. Yeah. You take it. You take it. You know, my favorite like cameo of his ever was can't hardly wait. 
when he came back oh, as, as the, the older, as the, as the older yeah, kid. And yeah. I was like, oh, God bless America. Is that wear, me? Wear slippers in the shower. This came out at the same time where I was still going to high school parties. because Amanda. My, my, my girlfriend was a couple of years younger than me. I was like, good Lord, that is pathetic. And I was like, oh, that, that's me. I went to prom when I was in college. So that's <laughs> super exciting. I want hear that story at the mind. Oh, it's not a, not a good story. Lord uh, anyways, Lord of the Flies. The, the thing I love about that movie is that you hear about toxic masculinity all the time, but it typically refers to locker room talk and whipping towels yeah. and you know Vegas trips. Yeah. The real toxic masculinity is this group think mentality. It's how the Hitler youth was built, right? You get a bunch of a right turn. I, I, you get a bunch of nine to 14 year old boys together with the wrong leadership and you get bad stuff. So was he the wrong leader? You think, I, I don't think they misinterpreted his messages, right? Or no, no I, I disagree. So okay. I think, he didn't I, seem evil. I know we're jumping. I know we're jumping a little bit ahead, which I don't mind doing because I think it's an important point of the movie. And to, to what you're bringing up is basically General Harlan Bash, George is, C. Scott. Yeah. Who, by the way, uh, how perfect that he he got Patton. I yeah. Mean, I mean that did he, he won the Oscar for Patton? He did. He? He'll so, he'll always be the fire starter crazy for me. <laughs> He's so nuts in that I movie. Know, I know. So. <laughs> George C. Scott does a wonderful job. And again, his role's not that big. He's gone by. You have to feel his presence and how he affects uh, Timothy Hutton. You have to. But, and to your question of whether he's giving the wrong message, my answer to that is yes. And they do a great job of pointing out that the wrong message doesn't necessarily have to be obtuse. Meaning like I said, you have a, a group of nine-year-old to 14-year-old boys and how they could be turned to evil pretty quickly. Not by someone coming up there and saying, let's kill everyone and rob houses. The subtlety of how the message is off is reflected by Ronnie Cox. When Ronnie Cox goes through his whole speech. You're at the a death end, wisher. And, and, who plays uh, Kirby. Yeah. Which, by the way, makes me think of Commando. Kirby. <laughs> General Kirby. Do you have a message? I killed everyone. We need no body bags. <laughs> I have to get Jenny. Jenny. <laughs> makes me think of Kirby the video game. Uh, that's Or Kirby's uh, Coney Island. Oh yeah, that's a local. Is that they have those in Ann Arbor? I've never had a Coney Island dog. Well, you're missing out. Well, you gotta if you're gonna have a Coney, you gotta Leo's? go. To, you gotta, yeah, no, you gotta go to Lafayette. Okay. You gotta go. Well, although they shut down for some health issues, but like the ones in Detroit, mm. American and Lafayette, <laughs> okay. you gotta, that's where you get a chili dog. All right, Max, come on. Although I gotta tell you, nothing would make me feel better than a chili <laughs> dog right now. I can see you like wheezing in a chili. I dog I am right not now. feeling good. Yeah. I'm doing my best, but I think this is an important distinction. Your question about whether or not he was giving the wrong message and maybe it was just the misinterpretation of the message, that is the responsibility of mentorship. So when you are a mentor, when you are a father, when you are a coach, it's a fine line. You have to be very careful. I don't think he was particularly careful, but I think you have to be very careful when you're raising young men and you're trying to get them to do the right things. In this movie, as Ronnie Cox, who plays Kirby, points out, the glorification of battle you know, think about the opening scene, not of the movie, but when you have all them together, right? So mm. you've got um, Hutton Penn. You've got Hutton, who, who's playing Brian Moreland. Yep. He's, he's having dinner with Bash and the uh, major general who's retired or graduating. And what are they doing? They're, they're t it's it's war porn, right? Yeah. Telling all these stories about battle and how I lost 20 pounds, Alva Brown. And quotes about the wolf that's in you. When yeah. You, uh, so to me, they're glorifying war and death and what Ronnie Cox's point is. And he, he establishes this by reminding him that, you know, as much as he thinks that general, you know, the general Bosch is, is like this great guy. He was passed up for a lot of different things. Yeah. And, and I think that Ronnie Cox's point is, I keep on saying Ronnie Cox. I should say Kirby, Kirby, Kirby's point. Is, Dick Jones. Okay. Dick Jones's point is <laughs> there is nothing good about any of this. And death is terrible and it's irreversible and none of this should be glorified. And he doesn't care about winning a war. He cares about making sure that no kids die. And so I, in that regard, I do think it was the wrong message. Yeah, I do like Moreland's point, weirdly, though, is like, I'm going to go fight your war at some point. We think this is worth fighting for. I thought that was actually a weirdly interesting. It is, and it taps into the other part of this where it doesn't mean that everything that they were doing was wrong. No. There could be more than one message. So you asked me at the beginning. Well, that's why it's a good movie, because it's like, it's got... It's deep. It's gray. It's got stuff. Yeah. It's got, well, you asked me why I love this movie. So the first reason I gave you was because it takes its time, and it, it, it strings you along, and then it hard right turns halfway through the movie. Second reason is Tom Cruise. The second, no. I, gave, I just went through the second reason. Okay. The second reason is that Lord of the Flies, you know, travel of youth, you know, you know uh, the, the journey. Yeah. Third reason is Tom Cruise. The third reason is the actors. Yeah. Are absolutely, you have two Oscar winners. Three. Who's the third? Sean Penn? Yeah. Wait, no. George no. George Scott. George Scott. Uh, Timothy Hutton. Yeah. And uh, George, wait, and Sean Penn. 
Yeah. <laughs> but Sean Penn, George C. Scott, and uh, Timothy Hutton. Yeah, that's three. I, I, I said two. You I would, said two. I did. I would love to play back this entire conversation. I said two. Yeah. And you said, said you said three. I go, oh, Sean Penn. And you go, no. And then you said Sean Penn. Yeah. Yeah. Sean Penn. I'm the one who's struggling right now. What was Sean Penn's ask Oscar for? Uh, Mystic River. Thank you. Is that my daughter in is there? That, is that, uh, is that, Mystic, I hate that movie. Is that anything like Mystic River? I don't know what Rever is. You Rever up the engine? It's from Boston. It's Mystic right. Rever. Mr. I got you Rever, right? I got a nice uh, lobster sandwich. How do you feel about Sean Penn? Oh, it's a bigger. Con- well, hold, I just hold, saw hold, Carlito, that, hold that, hold that, hold that, hold that. It's a great conversation. Don't even go into it until we get to him because we'll know. talk deep. But I just saw Carlito's way. Please ignore my threat. I hate you so much. You were, we weren't going to talk about Carlito's way. We can talk about Carlito's way. His hair is crazy. He is. The the bathroom scene is amazing. Uh, <laughs> is it? Have you seen Ordinary People? It's one of my favorite movies. Yeah. So I I feel like this is an example of when you brought up ordinary people on the show and you were like, you have to watch this. And I'm like, I'm not going to watch it. And if I came to it on my own, because when I was doing research for this movie, I'm like, what did Timothy Hutton win the Oscar for? Yeah. And I went back and watched it. And I was like, Oh my God. And I thought you told me it was one of your favorites, but I, if you hadn't seen it, I was gonna be like, this is going to be one it's of your a favorite beautiful movies. movie. It's really, really well done. Yeah. It's really, really well done. That and Kramer versus Kramer. Are like the I ultimate. love Kramer versus Kramer. I also love Donald Sutherland. Yeah. Like, I, he's just, He's incredible. Every time he's on screen, you have to watch him. Dude, he's... Invasion uh, of the Body Snatchers. Backdraft is my favorite. JFK, uh, Mr. X. But Backdraft is my favorite. Yeah. (laughs) The fire. Uh, I watched them burn. That's that's not fair. (laughs) (laughs) He's so crazy. Uh, so crazy. So if you've not seen Ordinary People, Timothy Hutton won an Oscar for that. So you're asking what I love about this movie. It's just... It's it's my favorite version of Tom Cruise. If you what? if you force me to pick my favorite Tom Cruise, <laughs> I pick this one. Let me tell you why. I'm gonna tell you why. I'm gonna tell you why. Okay. I think this is the closest to who he actually <laughs> is as a person. When you I just watched the uh oh god, who's the disgraced anchor uh that's no longer on the air because he like sexually harassed a thousand people and used to have a button on his desk to like shut oh, the Roger door. Oh, a- Roger Roger Ailes or no, Reg- no, 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 no. He's a, he was liberal. And he got canned and he was kind of balding. Matt Lauer? Yes. Yeah. Have you ever watched the Tom Cruise, Matt Lauer interview about when Tom Cruise very publicly was not a big fan of Brooke Shields taking anti-depression uh, medicine? No. Oh, Jesus Christ. Is it is it fun or you is know, it horrifying? You know what? I'm going to stop the show right okay, now. Okay, I'm going to watch it. I just want you to watch it. Okay, fine. It is, yeah. it is jaw-dropping. Three hours later. That was awful. That was, how do you like that? That was Chinese torture. I how, do you like, how do you like them apples? I always forget how crazy he is. That I mean, that interview. You made me watch the whole thing. I did because it's important for you to understand. Yeah. Now tell me that why, ta- Taps isn't the closest that he's ever been to who he really why is. Why does that give you joy though? Because he's usually oh, so cool and happy. Because there's something. I, I like I'm sick. Do you like Magnolia too? Yeah. Ugh. I like Trainwreck Cruise more than like like I don't know, man. And and this doesn't take anything away from him. Like my wife can't stand Tom Cruise. Won't watch movies that he's in. I, I'm the opposite. I like every movie that he's in. I like I, I every like, movie. Rock of Ages. Damn near close. Every movie. Have you seen Rock in. of Ages? No, I haven't. I need to see it. Isn't <laughs> that no, bad? It's one of the worst movies of all time. Well, even people hated Interview with a Vampire. I love that movie. It's okay. I love that. It yeah. was great. Brad Pitt, Tom Cruise. One of the Fourth of July is a little rough. Yeah. I, bottom line, Max. Yeah. Of, of every film Tom Cruise has ever been in, the closest to who he is is Taps. Wes Grossman. <laughs> no, dude. Taps. Uh, so those are my three big reasons for liking this movie. Uh, and now... What about the 15-minute crying speech? I feel like that would hit you. Good. Right yeah. Yeah. I love, I love a good John Rambo, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I was holding his guts. He says, where are my legs? I can't find his legs. I was just jamming his guts together. <laughs> This movie came out on Christmas. <laughs> Feels like. Can a you Christmas imagine, movie. like, with the family? It's a PG movie, so yeah, you know, go out on Christmas Day. I'm surprised Let's see a movie about. Oh, you know school. what? Thirteen wasn't yet around yet. That's why. No, it was not eighty four. Eighty four and thirteen. Yeah. yeah, you're right because they couldn't make it R. There's no nudity and the violence wasn't too gratuitous. Can you imagine going with your whole family? Yes, <laughs> I think my <laughs> your little I thre- sister I thre- bawling. I, I threaten military school to my kid all the time. If he saw this, that'd be great. So, are these kids here voluntarily? Or are they being punished? No. 
it's a little of both. You have in in most military schools, you yep. have the lineage and tradition. Yep. And then you also have the okay, you've been thrown out of ten schools and da da da. But like, these kids, sh- these kids wanted to go to West Point and stuff. So it's like it seems like this is an elite. That's a, that's school. a that's a path to track to it. Yeah. But in Sean Penn's case, it doesn't feel like that. It feels like he might be like an orphan. And yeah, he's half civilian yeah. on his mother's side. Half civ. Yeah. As they say, this is a very charming Sean Penn performance. Yeah. He's great in this. He is. Um, he's like the one guy you actually want to hang out with. Yeah. He's no Chris Penn. Chris Penn could have been in. Chris oh, Penn could have played. Chris uh, Penn was in this. <laughs> my God. All right, Max, let's talk about this movie. Okay. Uh, I got a couple facts. One or two. Again, very light research as uh, typically <laughs> the day before is when so I like you, to get a lot of work done or the so day. Um, you had time to watch Ordinary People, but not to research this. Because I was getting a headache typing and I just leaned back <laughs> and I decided to watch this instead. God, Mary Tyler Moore is so good in that. She really is. She's the cold, like, ice wife yeah. I kind of I kind of want. I, why you would ever want that? So she can get in a taxi cab at 4 o'clock in the morning and leave? That sounds No, terrible. I wouldn't question. I wouldn't, you wouldn't question her. You'd be like. I wouldn't want more for my life. Your cold like, is fine. Yeah. Your cold is okay. So this Don't mo- hug our son. This That's movie This movie was based on the Devery Freeman 1979 novel, Father Sky. They started making the script for this, the screenplay for this, while this was still in manuscript format. Like oh, wow. They, they, yeah. Someone got a hold of this. This was like, let's rock and roll. Uh, the film, I told you, it follows a group of military students who decide to take over their school to save it from closing. This is Sean Penn's first major role. This is Cruz's second and really his first major. The one before this was Endless Love. He was in it for a hot minute. Yep. Um, and let's see, what else do I have for They you? did 45 days of uh, military training at Valley Forge Military Academy. And who bailed? Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise. He's like, I've had enough. That seems so against what no, he is now. No, you know what he said? He probably looked him in the face and said, this isn't weird enough for me. Yeah. I got to head back to the hotel and do some uh, Scientology, Scientology push-ups. <laughs> no, that uh, Navy SEALs are going to wake me up at 4 a.m. and Christ, beat me to senseless. Sean Penn and a handful of the other actors who had to do horse work actually did military horsemanship training, which is like a whole different deal than just a nice little trot on the beach on yeah, vacation. Because you have to like salute. And, and you have to go in pace yeah. to get the horse to march in pace. Well, do you know 2,000 actors auditioned for Sean Penn's role? Yeah. How do you audition that many people? You know, it's interesting too, because to your point, even though this was early in the careers of a lot of these people, it feels like a fairly big deal. I mean, you know, George C. Scott, uh, you know, I, I would assume they probably, I think Hutton said that he didn't, this was the first film he saw in theater. Cause I think that he was working on this before, would it have been before ordinary people was out? No. Uh, ordinary well, people. this release, well, no, no, ordinary, if they released in 81 and ordinary people came out in 80. Yeah, maybe. So they may have been filming when this came yeah, out. Yeah. But I guess, like, is it just they captured lightning in a bottle? Because I feel like this should have been a big budget film. Did you get budget numbers on this film? Yeah, it was $14.14 million and made 35.85. So it's something like, it's like The Outsiders. It's like School Ties. It's, you just catch all these people. That casting agent just did an amazing job. Yeah, I wonder who it is. They should get a shout out. They should get a shout out. Yeah. Uh, Tom Cruise originally was going to play a background character in the film. But Harold Becker, who's the director, was so impressed by the way he conducted himself during the rehearsals that he offered them the part of David Sean Cruz actually didn't want that part at first. Well, yeah, it, cause it could typecast you if you weren't like a very talented actor. I mean, you think you got a little Billy Zapka fear? Yeah. I mean, I would too. Could Zapka have done this role? <laughs> uh, the, the blonde girl. throws it off, right? Well, he could have a shaved military head and you would have been fine. Yeah. I don't, I was quite like who else could have played that role? Chris Penn. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. That's the answer. Yeah. Angry, God, who else was a bully in the angry 80s? Angry racist Chris Penn. Um, who else was like a really big jerk bully? But I mean like like psycho. Psycho. So psycho kid. Psycho killer Cascase. Emilio Estevez. Yeah, he could have done it. He's got that the crazy eye. Yeah, yeah, he could have done it. I yeah. like that. I like that. Kurt Russell. <laughs> Swayze no. playing a 14-year-old. <laughs> I'm 37 years old. Oh, uh, you know what? <laughs> um what's his face could have done it? What's his face? You know, oh, from that thing. <laughs> the thing you do. Uh, Tom Cruise. Not not Rob, not Rob Lowe. Um, who's the other heart? Chad Rob? Lowe. Something about Mary got his teeth done. Ben Stiller? Something about Mary got his teeth done. Matt Dillon? Yes. Matt Dillon could have done it. Yeah. Matt Dillon could have been like a nasty little bugger. So, he, yeah, yeah, you're right. He's so handsome, though. I, he is super handsome. I just, so is Tom Cruise. Yeah, but Cruise is like, there's something uneven about him. Yeah, you know, his, his teeth. teeth. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, Ronnie Cox was Harold Becker's original choice to play Colonel Kirby, but another unnamed actor was chosen, but then got fired two days before shooting scenes. And then they reached out and got him. He was great. I thought it was an important role. I'm glad it didn't get overlooked. Uh, Even the guy, he's the voice of the movie. He's the moral center. Really? You got it. Yeah. He, he answers the question that you asked, which is, did they, did 
bash go too far and how they were, you know, raising these kids. And he sets the other flag post of how it should have been done. Yeah. He's the first person to show him respect. Even when Hutton's dad comes and talks to him, there's this level of kid, boy, disrespect. I know. While he's pissed. Yeah. Um, A couple of these actors went on, like actor Brendan Ward became a New York City police officer in 89. Uh, there's a couple others that, that they went. And the guy who played Hulk, Tim Riley, went yep. into the he Army went into the Army Reserves. Yeah. yeah, he was the commander of the 118th QM Company in Schnentady. <laughs> Schnentady. <laughs> you know, I know I'm illiterate, but this is a tough one. So S C H E N E C T A D Y. Schenectady. Schenectady, New Ske- York. No, it's Schenectady. You- hey, Schenectady. I'm walking over here. I'm Schenectady, New York. That's probably what I'm it is. I'm a Jew from the Northeast. I'm illiterate in New York. <laughs> Max, what else you got? A lot of military movies from this time. Private Benjamin, Officer and Gentleman, Full Metal Jacket. Uh, just good stuff. And Stripes. <laughs> I was literally about to slap you. So there's not really any military Weekend movies. Weekend at Bernie's. <laughs> they really don't do them anymore. I guess Oppenheimer's a military movie. I think now military movies are larger in scale so you'll get like dunkirk I mean, yeah and you got uh pearl harbor and saving ryan's privates armageddon armageddon <laughs> that just slipped by you or? armageddon yeah no saving i heard what sa- you said i don't we don't talk about adult films i just chose to ignore you as i do most of the things you say i just ignore you because you're an absolute idiot uh what else uh the writer said that he was inspired by jaws to write this movie that like it was the shark was basically the school I'm not sure. I, I mean, I guess the reveal. So a trusted school gone crazy. It's like a beach town gone crazy. Okay. Kind of thing. Sure. Yeah. Why not? I mean, it makes no sense. Nope. Not nope. at all. Yeah. Not even a little bit. And that's all I got facts wise. Yeah, I think. That's all I got facts wise. Oh, every, all the oh, oh, there we go. most we important go. fact. Had a guy. All the actors in the shower scene, completely naked. Oh, good. I'm glad you found that out. And Cruz is supposed to be uh, shown fully nude. Yes. But they cut that piece out. Oh, I don't know why they did that. But you get full naked Tom Cruise in all the right moves. Yes. Yeah. And you get Leah. Just in case you wonder why we're laughing, I did cut out all of the stuff that can't be on the show that Max flies out of his mouth. Uh, Leah Thompson naked in that movie, too. Yeah. All the right move. So that's exciting. Great stuff. We had her on the show. That's yeah. pretty cool. Kind of glad we didn't bring that up. Hey, you were reminding me of those Chris Farley interviews on Saturday Night Live. Are there any interviews out there when someone's like, I've seen you naked? I'm or, sure. Like, I'm sure. I'm sure. I haven't seen them. Not, not as classless as we're talking about, but I'm <laughs> yeah. sure. Max, any other facts before we take a quick break for some words from our sponsors? Nope. All right, then let's do it. Wasn't the Towers also brought to you by Adobe Real Estate. You can find them at weardobe.com. Tabs is really a movie about real estate, if you think about it. I mean, between this and Caddyshack, I feel like... It's always those damn real estate developers causing all the trouble. Buying and selling a home, real estate development, you need the right people in your corner. You don't want to get into the wrong situation, especially in today's market. And if you're looking to relocate because your six-year-old child was a part of a coup and you got to get into a town <laughs> where they don't know you, this is the place you want to go. Who's going to play with that kid? Don't, nobody. Toby Real Estate <laughs> is going to make sure that your child is near as many psychological resources as possible. <laughs> Reach out to their team today. Get the right realtor. Get the right team in front of you, behind you, to the right and to the left. Flank, 9 o'clock. You know what I'm talking about. Mm, Using military flank steak. Words, not flank steak. <laughs> $400 million in sales. Over 1,000 homes sold. Reach out to them today. Tell them that Buzz in the Tower sent you. And get ready to love the home buying and home selling experience. All right, Max, let's, uh, let's get into this movie. Let's talk about actors. Who directed directors, it? Directors, all yeah. that kind of fun Harold stuff. Harold Becker. You know what else he did? Well, that's usually where we start, but you seem to be excited about this one. So what do you got? He did Vision Quest. He sure did. Woo! Loudon. Uh, he also did, obviously, Madonna's videos because yeah. she was in Vision Quest. Sea of Love, too. Have you seen it? I've not seen Sea of Love. Sea of Love's good? crazy. Yeah, it's Al- I have seen Mercury Rising. He did that in 98. It's Al Pacino and uh, John Goodman, and they're chasing a killer. Is he alive? Al Pacino? No, not Pacino. Uh, De- Go- Deckard. Becker? Becker. I don't know. Let's take a look. Well, he was born in 1928, so I suspect <laughs> so, he's not alive. <laughs> Never mind. He's alive. No, shut up. He's 94 years young. Really? Yeah. Dude, do you think we get him on the show? <laughs> I don't know <laughs> if he knows where he is. I want some applesauce. <laughs> <laughs> See, that right there is uh, hungover Mo. Not <laughs> so thinking. Yeah, not very nice. Dude, he married the costume designer for the Lost Boys, Flatliners, Days of Thunder, True Romance, Sergeant Bilko. Father of the Bride, Sergeant Jumpin' Jack Flash, Baby Baby Boom, Vision Quest. Dude, this girl rules. Susan Becker. You rule. Is she alive? Come on. No whammies, no whammies, no whammies. She's alive. Oh, all right, good. I wonder if they... Max, can we get back to the movie? Yeah. Thank you. Appreciate it. (laughs) 
It's always super Thank you for that. Written by Daryl Paniscan. Yeah. And what else did Daryl write, man? Vision Quest. You're right. And School Ties. And Nuts. What? It's a movie called Nuts. D's Nuts? (laughs) (laughs) I thought it was a joke. School Ties rules. Yeah. Coward. It's always great. Coolest, coolest high school Jew football. I was gonna player. say, like, if you ever find a movie about a Jewish football player who's a quarterback, they really pick someone who did not look Jewish. No. Brendan Fraser is no. a goy. Tell everybody what goy means, Max. It means non-Jewish. Non-Jewish. There yeah. you go. Uh, let's get into the actors. Wait, and no, the other writers. Well, I mean, awesome. you're drifting, so just go. Go. Robert Mark Kamen, Ta- who talks to me about the Cayman so, Island. So this was his first credit, and then he wrote a little movie you might like called The Karate Kid. Yeah, it's a good movie. You don't get excited. Okay, he wrote Gladiator. That I like. No, no, not the Russell Crowe one. Oh, the yeah. one with uh, Brian Dennehy where Cuba Gooding Jr. breaks his hand oh, on his yeah, head. Yeah, He's yeah. like, the forehead's the most dangerous part yeah, of the body. Yeah, yeah. Lethal Weapon 3, Ooh. Fifth Element, yes. The Transporter, mm-hmm. Take It. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's a good list. It's a great list. Yeah. Uh, other writer, James Lineberger. This was his only credit. Well, then he's Linebergering his way all the way to the bank, isn't he, Max? You're really just... Phoning it in, Max. Phoning <laughs> it in hard. I picture like... Remember the Simpsons when they look in Homer's head and it's just like a 1920s cartoon? I'm st- I told you I'm struggling. Yeah. I'm doing my best. And then you got to talk about some costume design woman for 15 minutes. George C. Scott, he's done a lot. I mean, obviously, Patton. Dr. Strange Love. Yeah, yeah. And Firestarter, John Rainbird. Yeah, you love Firestarter. It's so nuts. What he's- is his last credit? I'm kind of curious. Hold on. Let's zip up here. It's like a nothing. It's a nothing. It's yeah. a TV movie, Inherit the Wind in 1999. <laughs> mm, I'll inherit your wind. Oh, he's in Gloria. What's that? Don't know. But it's a movie in 1990. Oh, Titanic, the miniseries. Never mind. Got to really read that second line before I get too t- fired up. He was, he was the Dope Diamond. You're a Hope Diamond. Oh, he, and The Exorcist 3. Yeah, he played Rose. He, he painted him like What voice? Wait, wait, wait. Hold on, hold on, hold on. He was Mick Leach in The Rescuers Down Under. Now that's legit. Okay. Have you seen The Rescuers Down Under? I don't even know what that is. It's a cartoon. Okay. About two mice and they do some rescuing. Oh, come on! Chippendales Rescue Rangers. You no, mean? no, different. Bum 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 bum. There's, bum, there's bum, multiple bum, two mice bum, shows. Bum. Oh, they're chipmunks. Yeah, they're not mice. There's one no two mice. Yeah. Uh, what is it? Monterey, Monty, <laughs> Jack, and, and uh, is it Jack Monterey? And no, Jack? I don't know. His name's Monty and Cheddar. And no, not Cheddar. <laughs> and what's her face? Nibbles, <laughs> Nibbles the cat. <laughs> what the hell is the girl's name? Gidget. Gidget. Max, I'm, is it, you know, I should get credit for even knowing Monterey and Gidget. I'm naming my Gadget. Next, is it Gadget? It's Gadget. I'm naming Gidget. my next dog Nibbles. <laughs> Nibbles. Damn it, Nibbles. Get off the counter. <laughs> <sighs> Have you really never seen this movie? Look. The two mice and the seagull. It's a dead rip of... Uh, it's not a dead rip of anything. What's the one where like, Papa? No, it's not a dead rip off of American Tale. Why not? Fifle. Yeah. Somewhere <laughs> out there. Timothy Hutton. Why didn't he have a better career? He worked with like great directors too. Ordinary yeah. people. Yeah. Uh, French Kiss. Beautiful Girls. Yeah. He's like the cool. You what? You seen Beautiful Girls? I have. Yeah. Uh, Secret Window. And he played. Uh, he was like a weird like kind of lead in the show called Leverage. He. I mean, he's he, really talented. He, he peaked. I mean, yeah. he peaked early. I, I mean, I, I agree with you. To your point, he feels like. He, I mean, he feels John Cusacky. A little bit. Yeah. Well, he's talky. He's handsome, but he's not too now, handsome. Now, he is, he is alive, and we should be able to get him on the show. So why don't you work on that? Okay. <laughs> what, what went wrong with your career? <laughs> don't, not, don't, that's not your lead in. Tay Hoot. <laughs> Timmy Hoot. Timmy Hortons. Are you done? How are your donuts? Jesus Christ, Max. All right. <laughs> so Ronnie Cox next. Dick Jones. <laughs> he plays in his uh, little country band or rock and roll band all over the country. But he's Cole Hagen in Total Recall. He is. He's Loudon's dad in Vision Quest. He also is. He's Bogom- I love him in Vision Quest. Yeah. He's great. And Bogomil. Yeah. But what's your favorite Ronnie Cox performance? Dick Jones? Dick Jones. Yeah. My second favorite is Bogomil for sure. Yeah. He's just like his character arc from Beverly Hills Cop 1 where he's like a little prickly but like still friendly to like in 2 where he's like their buddy and they have pictures on fishing trips and he gets shot by Stallone's ex-wife. <laughs> yeah. And- so I haven't seen the third one. Is he in it? It's you don't need to see it. I know. I heard it's terrible. I don't even want to talk about okay. it. Okay. I hope the one they're making right now is better. But so Sean Penn, terrible. we got Spicoli, Fast Times. Well, let's go all the way back. Do we go all the way back? That's as far back as it goes. That was uh, the first role, goes, right? No. Why his other stuff that he did? What? Why the TV stuff? Yeah, we never. Little seen House that. on the Prairie, Barnaby Jones, <laughs> Barnaby Jones, Barnaby Jones. No, Taps in '81 was his uh, big film, big screen debut. Bad Boys, you need to see still. I know. Uh, '82, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. You know he has a cameo in Risky Business. Yeah, he's in the car. Yeah. Did I not mention that on our Risky Business episode? You did not. I had it in my facts. Yeah. So when they pull up next to those guys and they want to race, when uh, 
when Joel's driving the Porsche, it's not even the guy you can see. It's the voice of the guy out of camera who's Sean Penn, which is weird. Why wouldn't you at least show him? But whatever. At close range is awesome. It's him and walking as like criminals. Yeah. You never seen that? Nope. Uh, the game is weird. I've not seen that either. What? I've seen a lot of these movies. You haven't seen the game? I don't think so. So Sean Penn's the brother of Michael Douglas. It's a David Fincher movie, and he pays like someone ten million dollars to run like a game on his life. So like he's not sure who's real and who's not, and like his whole life gets messed up and turned upside down. Hmm. It's super weird. Uh, I am Sam is one of the t- one of the hardest cries I've ever done in my entire life. That movie makes me laugh. Oh, that's. Okay, that Max. I well, don't know what to tell you. I don't know. It's a little too like I'm reaching for an Oscar. Did you see Milk? Yeah, I it's really good. Seen, I heard it's really good. Okay, and uh, we're, we're, way, we're way out of the 80s now. So yeah. why don't we move on from Mr. Penn? And who else do we have? I mean, we've Tom Cruise, but we've done that already, right? Uh, we yeah, we can always talk about. By the way, we're not even mentioning who any of these people are. You're just ripping through these and saying this person is this person. Okay, yeah. yeah. Maybe we should go back for a second. So Sean Penn plays Alex Dwyer, who's yes. like the buddy of Moreland. He's the voice of reason. Yeah, right? he's like the consigliere. Yeah. Consiliary. That's close enough. Timothy Hutton is Brian Moreland, and he is the new major of the whole school. He's in charge of everything. Ronnie Cox, we mentioned, is Colonel Kirby. I gotta help find Jenny. And he comes in with the not the Coast Guard, National Guard, National Guard. Thank yeah. you, not the Coast Guard. Uh, Tom Cruise is David <laughs> Sean, the raging psychopath of the friend group. Every friend group has to have one like whack job, and Who's he yours, is that Bruce? whack job. <laughs> So not nice, but yes, yeah, for sure. Prior to this, I would have called Bruce Francis from uh, Stripes, but yeah, that's fine. Um, you know, it's funny. I, I don't know if you have this guy up or not, but Evan Handler, we've not talked about yet, who plays Edward West in this. Yeah, he's like the he kind of is freaked out and trying to like rationalize. He, yeah, he's like he's like all in at first, but then he leaves. He's the guy uh, from Sex in the City, the yeah, boyfriend. I he's Harry Goldenblatt. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, he's uh, what's it, David Duchovny's best friend in Californication. Yes. So, I'm aware of it. I've never watched. So he's hyper bald in real life, like after this. So it's weird seeing him with hair. Right. It throws he's you off. super young here. Yeah. And then the young kid, uh, John P. Nathan Jr., who plays Derek Mallett, he is in a whole bunch of stuff that I forgot about. Do you, really? Yeah. Oh, my God. Things you'll immediately remember. So he's in... National Lampoon. He's the other cousin. So you remember how you have like the like one on the seesaw? Yeah. 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 Like no, no, no. The seesaw are the two girls. Yep. But he is that one girl's brother. Got it. Got it. Got yeah. It. Who's wearing like really tight biker shorts and like a maybe a wife beater or a sweatshirt or something. Classy. I yeah, I know. Um, but he was he was in every major show that you could be in. Silver Spoons, The Facts of Life, Cheers, um, just a ton of stuff. And then all of a sudden, in '93, disappeared. Can you see if he's alive? I don't know why his it career. Just, it should just say it ended. on IMDb. Does it? Let me take yeah. a look. He was in the Explorers. Oh, really? Yeah. That's must have been cool. a small role. He's born in 68. That's a great picture. Let's find him. <laughs> Look at that laser like print in the background. I know. It's amazing. Uh, all right, Max. Let's go to the, my favorite one. <laughs> Juan <laughs> Carlo Esposito. Or AKA. JC Pierce. Or AKA. Gus Fring. Gus Fring. You cannot possibly enjoy Breaking Bad without loving this particular character. Yeah. He's more of these manic, crazy characters. And somehow someone realizes later in life that he's this. Think it's happened to that. No, no, that he's this calm, cool, collected. These are like animated. But don't you think? But don't you think like that? That the tapping into it is like the crazy behind the eyes. Like they know it's there. Well, no, I think there's two types of crazy. There's the smoldering crazy and the on the surface crazy. So I I find it interesting. Like also in uh, the boys, you know, he's like his heartbeat doesn't go up. He's really good. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like and also uh, the Mandalorian. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, my God. So it's like that, like, kind of like sullen, doesn't really talk. By the way, my favorite scene in Better Call Saul is him with the wine sommelier at the very end. Does he have, in your opinion, yep. the greatest, I don't want to call it resurgence. What's the term I'm looking for? The greatest, he was in this era and then disappeared, and now he's back with a vengeance. And I'm not comparing this to Travolta. Okay, that's, I, that's I know. I, I I almost feel like it's unfair to to compare it to Travolta. So it's it's in the character actor vein, right? So it's like it's not like the main star, but like you. I mean, it's like wrap your head around this. I can't think of anybody else's career who has these like bright spots that hit in the beginning. And I'm not dismissing the in between career, but then this resurgence, right? So. He starts off in 81 with taps. He's J.C. Pierce. Burned alive. Which we love. Burned alive. Important to remember, burned alive, right? Yeah. He goes from that to being an extra cellmate in trading places. Yeah. Yeah. Quarter blood technique. He goes from that to being electrocuted. I mean, his deaths are incredible. In maximum overdrive. Video game. On the video game. It was a pinball machine, right? I mean, it was an arcade game. It was an arcade game, whatever. He goes from that to being bugging out uh, and do the right thing. Yep. 
then again, I'm not I'm I'm simplifying this. FBI but, agent and usual suspect. Yeah, largely yeah. largely disappears for the most part. And then Max, are you ready for this death row? Yep. Gus Fring, Breaking Bad, Moff Gideon, The Mandalorian, Stan Edgar, The Boys. Yeah, I mean that's that's uh, that's a comeback with a vengeance. I'm trying to think: is there anyone else? So no, off the top of my head, would you say Robert Downey Jr.? That's a good one. Yeah. That, nope. That's a good one. Okay. He did work in between, but like it's not. He went from being the guy yeah. in the '80s and some small roles to now like Iron Man. Yeah. I, no, that's a great example. So and Brendan Fraser, I'd say too. His is a little bit different because well, he was uh, abused, and he also. Yeah, that's and Brian, Brian Cranston actually, if you think about it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, he he was from Malcolm in the Middle, Dad. Yeah. I mean, widely popular. Do you right? see the Always Sunny? Yeah. <laughs> I see. It. Of course, that I Malcolm saw it. money. On. Malcolm's running things. He absolutely is. <laughs> All right, so we talked about Evan Handler. We talked about Gus Freig. We talked about Tom Cruise. We talked about the rescuers down under. We're good. Are there, are there any other characters you want to cover? No. Well, Max, then let's get on over to the Buzz in the Tower. Buzz in the Tower <laughs> fan spotlight. Max, this week's Buzz in the Tower fan spotlight is Marco Garcia. You can find him on Instagram, striped tomato. Yeah. Tomato. Tomato, tomato or tomato? Yeah, yeah. Just, what you say? Call the whole thing off. Oh, nah, 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 girl, nah, 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 girl. Nah. Actor, writer, 80s movie enthusiast, and fan of Buzz in the Tower. And father. And father. Don't ever forget father. It's the number one job. <clears throat> I'm interested. You're my number one guy. I'm always. You. <laughs> I'm my number one guy. Oh, I watched the Flash movie. How was it? I thought, you know. I heard so, the CGI is terrible. The CGI isn't great, but if you. If, if you're like me and you love nostalgia, mm. it's worth it. It's 100% worth it just to watch Michael Keaton. Okay. He's fantastic yeah, in it. I got it. And there's it. some really good throwbacks. Yeah. It's, it's pretty cool. Um, You never got it. Did you ever get into the animated Justice League? If you ever watch those movies, mm. which are very well done, by yeah. the way, they they really borrow a lot from the Flash movie that's like the Time Paradox Flash movie. Flashpoint. Like, yeah, Flashpoint. Thank you. Um, So I, I, I've seen that and I liked it. I you know what? I give it one and a half thumbs up. Oh. I'm not quite at two thumbs up, but I thought it was very good. <laughs> I like it. Bad. Let's see, let's see what Marco had to let's say. Let's see what Marco don't, don't transition on me. Okay. Don't ever transition He's on me. He's a handsome man. He is. You are. We all are. I'm Marco, okay. what do you have to say about uh, Taps? The movie Taps opens up with George C. Scott doing a reading from the Book of Remembrance. There's a bittersweet callback to this at the end of the movie. And after this scene, there's a silhouette of a hornblower playing Taps. In a doorway. What a wonderful movie for Tom Cruise to be on his first. This character is a ticking time bomb. Sean Penn and Timothy Hutton performed their butts off in this movie. This movie had a lot of talking. And yet, they kept it compelling, right? They had a good best friends like brothers tension between them. And like in the 80s, we were surrounded by rebels. We had Star Wars, Outsiders, Breakfast Club, uh, Stand By Me, and of course Red Dawn. But Taps? It's definitely... In that group, and probably one of the better ones. Definitely better than Red Dawn. And they inspired. Like, I guess maybe that's why they had that Cold War back then. Kind of to cool everybody off. No one to fight rebels. Take that. But General Beish had spoken of a wolf rising in the heart. This is an interesting plot point, I thought. Because it brings up the discussion of, is that wolf rising being something good? Or just something that stupid old men fill your heads with, as they said in the movie. Now, it might be the theme, because Brian, played by Timothy Hutton, said to an officer later on in the movie that you want us to be good little soldiers now, to fight your war later. Well, I choose to fight my war now. And to me, that's a win for the wolf rising in the heart of man. I rewatched the movie. That was one of the things that stood out, that line. Alex, played by Penn, is reading a book at the beginning of the movie called Mortal Friends Early. I do remember the feeling of seeing this on the big screen and then walking out into the bright sun. I'm sure back then I wasn't thinking of words said in the I wasn't thinking of words said in the movie that I knew mattered but was too young to know what they meant. So I was like, "Eh, you know, but I heard them and they stuck. Words like honor, duty, discipline, country." Oh, and the kids. Oh my god, man, those are tough little kids in that movie. But leave the kids out of it, I kept thinking. But hey, when one went down, oh, dude, it was effective. The storyteller had us. The movie made me realize how susceptible we are to our environments, environments during all the times a man needs to develop. And for a lot of us, we were on our own. Sometimes our fathers turn their backs on us. Sometimes we lose a mother. 
And you begin to wonder about the family lives of those other characters in this movie. Even the general, who was one bad moment away from being his end. Life is precious. And then they play taps. And let me just say that Sean Penn didn't get enough credit at how good of an actor he was in his youth. He killed it in this movie. Remember Bad Boys? Oh my God, Sean Penn, man. Ah, You know, it's beautiful how they end the movie with replaying the commencement of the school ceremonies because they introduced us to all the characters. A lasting moment to take with us. A remembrance of the dead. And now you see things you saw before differently. The music that followed the ending credits was dark. But yet, A fitting contrast to the Remembrance Parade. Life is precious. And then they play taps. Very well thought out. Seriously. So it made me think of a couple things. Talk about an actor. One is, apparently I got to see Bad Boys because now there's another person mentioning it. I I really do agree with what he's saying. Sean Penn is so understated in this. And I feel like it made a really good highlight reel for him to go get more work. Oh, at the end when he's holding the bodies? Well, then the other thing we didn't talk about too is that, you know, Hutton's sacrifice of saving, trying to save Tom Cruise Failing. and that they both die yeah. is, is a powerful statement. Cause like his death needs to exist. If he had survived, I mean, he'd be walked out of there in handcuffs, but yeah. it, it's not as powerful. You it's know? martyrdom. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 So it's like, what's he actually right? And what he's a death wisher. Remember, did he get what he wanted? He actually, what he wanted. Yeah. Well, and it's kind of sucks too, because really he died in his war, his redemption was a dollar short and day late. Like yeah. he was already trying to fix everything. Right. Yeah. And call everyone down a little late. How would you, uh, how would you deal with a situation like that? I'd would be you, like, would you climb the wall right away? I, I would be gone before anything happened. So true. Unless we were going for money, then God. I'd stay around. I don't think you get the point of any of these movies. Max honor, <laughs> your honor. <laughs> <laughs> Marco, thank you for taking time to try to bring some seriousness to our show. It's hard with Max around here, but I, I loved your yeah, seriously. That was like poetry. It was very your poetry. That's, Max, let's end the show. I'm I'm like half my eyes twitching, the others falling out on me. I just uh, kill me. Mo needs sleepy. <laughs> thank you for joining us on Buzz in the Tower. If you haven't already, please follow, subscribe, leave a five star mark and review. Uh, for more content at Buzz in the Tower, our website's buzzinthetower.com. And certainly feel free to go to our Patreon where you can throw money at us like we're dancing on a pole at patreon.com slash buzzinthetower. Max, I got nothing to add. I'm tired. It's been a rough day. Send me out with something juicy. What do you got? Uh, you want to play Dungeons and Dragons tonight? No. No. That's all you got? That was, that was what Tom Cruise said. I know. That's all you got? Uh, it's pretty bad. Pretty crappy. I expect it better from you. I'm going to go home and cry for 15 minutes. That's much better. (laughs) (laughs) Goodbye. Are you going to say goodbye before I get to say what I want to say? It's kind of aggressive. We have a home here. I think it's something worth defending. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I didn't say it the whole time. Uh, You got to say it. No, you know what? Say the line, Dan. I thought I'm going to go first, and I know what you're going to do. No, no. I'm going to go first, and I am going to make you end the way that you should have ended. Okay, yeah. Okay? Yep. You go to the movies, you read books. A military leader is always portrayed as slightly insane. Very often more than slightly. That's because it is insane to cling to honor in a world where honor is held in contempt. Do you say that to yourself like naked in the mirror? Every day. <laughs> after I do 10 push-ups. It's beautiful, man! Can I, can I lead you into your quote? <laughs> no. First of all, do it the right way. Like you're in Predator. Okay. And <laughs> I can make it! <laughs> Ready? Are you ready? That was a real deep breath. All right, Max, close out the show. It's beautiful, man. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.